welcome to General Conference Conversations, where we have conversations about General Conference. I'm your host, Kaylin, and I'm super excited to be here with you studying the words of Christ's chosen leaders. I hope you enjoy. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of General Conference Conversations. <clears throat> um, here we are, again. We are now on the third talk of our Saturday evening session, which we're already halfway through Saturday evening session. Uh, I also realized that we're like halfway to next conference, um, which is super weird <laughs> to me for some reason that uh, I guess I always forget how close April is to January. But anyway, so we're only like three months out, which is really really crazy. So anyway, um, we are talking about Elder Pearson's talk, Are You Still Willing? And I really enjoyed this talk, mostly because of the word willing, and I'll get into that a little bit more. But of course, I encourage you to listen to or um, read this talk before you come listen to me ramble about it. So you can get your own impressions and your own direction to questions and further study and prompt promptings that you need in your life before you come listen to me ramble about stuff. Um, and then hopefully I can add something. We can add something to each other. So <clears throat> this talk is all about willingness. And I really enjoyed having the word willing and the word willingness in conference um, because it's not a word we use usually outside of the sacrament prayers, which is what he starts out by talking about, and outside of like our baptismal covenant in Mosiah 18. We often use the word worth worthiness in, in, I feel like we use the word worthy more than we use the word willing. Um, and sometimes worthy can have a very heavy implication of like, I haven't crossed the worthiness line, which there isn't one. <laughs> it's different for everybody. Um, and that, I heard that from a general authority, so, um, but, but will, uh, worthiness has a heavy connotation, uh, you know, we're worthy to enter the temple, we're worthy to be baptized, whatever. We are worthy, we are worth something. And so sometimes we're like, well, you're not worthy to enter the temple. That it does, it feels sometimes that you're not worth anything, because worthiness and worth it's the same word, it just means it's a little different connotations, right? But it all kind of blends together. And so willingness um, has much more of a compassionate and it feels much more manageable, right? And we talked about this last episode with Sister Craig's um, talk about being wholehearted, uh, being a wholehearted disciple that <clears throat> sometimes all you can be is willing. Sometimes all you can do is reach out and ask for help. Um, that, you know, being wholehearted doesn't mean that you're killing yourself doing every single little thing that you can possibly think of. Um, it means 
being willing. It means putting in the work when you can put in the work. And so I love that he has this whole thing is willing. And it all starts scripturally. It starts with the sacrament talks, which we hear every week. And so, and so he start, starts talking about, he's like, I have heard the sacrament talks a million times. But a few weeks ago, I was, or one Sunday, I was getting ready to partake of the sacrament for the first time in a few weeks because he had um, assignments. And um, to state conferences, and so she, he hadn't had a sacrament in a while. And the word willing stuck out to him. Um, and he immediately thought specifically about the Savior and his willingness in the plan of salvation. And that, you know, it was his willingness that made the plan of salvation possible, made the atonement possible. And there's a scripture, and I should have looked it up before I started recording because I'm really not going to be able to find it in time without you guys sitting and staring at me for a while. So, but there's a scripture. I want to say... It's either Jacob that's speaking, um, the Nephi's brother Jacob, or King Benjamin. He's talking about that the atonement and our saving grace is made po was made possible through the willingness of the Savior. It's made possible through his agency. Um, and I remember reading that and it really clicking for the first time as a missionary and being like, I guess he could have said no <laughs> like he he literally could have he had his agency um but he loved us so very much and there was a point where he was like if anything else if this <laughs> literally anything else could do this please take away this burden it's so much um but then of course he said but thy will be done which is a really hard thing to say <laughs> it's so hard um but it's his willingness. And so our willingness to follow him is what's important. And showing our willingness, showing um, that we are trying our best to be wholehearted and trying our best to follow our covenants that we made as ba at baptism. So... So, so yeah, so he talks a lot about how our spiritual foundation needs to be built on Christ and that, you know, it's not always popular or trendy to, um, to follow God and to follow his commandments, um, but as we are willing that we will be blessed. So he says this that I really enjoyed. Um, he says the church is gathering place for imperfect individuals who love God and who are willing to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. That willingness is rooted in the reality that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God. And so that's where my first question comes for you is what does it mean? What does being willing mean to you? Um, you can look up the definition, you can think about what that, what that looks like in your life. What does willing mean to you? Um, 
the actions that come with that, the non-actions that come with that, the just the hope and the faith that comes with that, the um, everything that that we and so I love you talked about like this is a it's a gathering place for imperfect individuals. Um, that's a hospital for the sinners, not a sanctuary for the saints. Um, I mean, we're all saints, but anyway, but we're all imperfect. We're not, we're not doing everything perfectly. Um, and, but we come together because we are in that one. We are coming together as one. As the other, other Christophersons talk about, about belonging, that we, are one in cause. We are one in following Christ and we are one in, in being willing to follow Christ. <laughs> Even just the willingness. Um, I mentioned Mosiah 18 earlier. That's our baptismal covenant, right? Is that we are willing to mourn with those that mourn and stand with those who stand in need of comfort and to um, stand as a witness of God. We are willing to do that. It doesn't mean we're going to do it perfectly. It doesn't mean that, you know, we're not going to mess up or leave someone to mourn on their own. But we are willing to do that if, when, if and when those times come. Um, so, so he also says this. He kind of goes on to talk about um, how we can show Christ that we are willing. Like, how do we show that? How do we... Um, show that? I don't know why I'm looking for another way to say that. Like, how do we show God that we are willing? How do we convey that message to God? He says, we would do well to spend more time in meaningful conversation discussing our concerns with the loving Father in heaven and less time seeking the opinions of other voices. Um, I love and hate that statement. And that's uh, it sounds very, I shouldn't say the word hate. <laughs> I don't love it. Because <clears throat> God also gave us other people. And he gave us scriptures and he gave us prophets and he gave us intellectual it's very smart people people who love us of course they're not they're not god <laughs> so he's going to be our our top advisor right our right hand man um but i do understand like less time seeking the opinions of other voices i spend way too much time on social media i just do i also learn a lot i learn a lot about people and i learn a lot about what's going on in the world um, and I hear things in a way that I probably would never thought of them on my own, but at the end of the day, God is the one who I should be going to, right? He's the one that I should be having those meaningful conversations, discussing my concerns. So I just wanted to point that one out. Um, he also talks about, wow, this is going to probably be a short episode. <laughs> it's all pretty straightforward. Um, he talks about the atonement again. And that Christ willingly atoned for our sins and he willingly eases our burdens. And I think sometimes it's hard to remember that Christ also struggled. Um, 
and we talked about this with um, Elder McConkie's talk a few weeks ago, and they sought to see Jesus who he was, right? That getting to know Jesus as a person who had a personality and um, likes and dislikes and stood on this earth as a person. Um, I think often we forget that, um, that he also struggled. And not just in the Garden of Gethsemane, which is obviously a massive deal, but he also knew what it was like to break your leg. I guess I don't know if you broke your leg, but he knows physical pain. Um, and he struggled and he knows what it's like to feel, feel sad and happy and joyful and frustrated. And obviously we see all of those emotions in the New Testament, right? He's sad when somebody is hurting and he's frustrated when people aren't understanding what he's trying to tell them or they're perverting the law of Moses and he whips in the temple and knocks over tables um he knows that and he's a will he willingly did that for us and he continues to willingly ease our burdens and to be with us and to try to help us feel better right um and so we can also be willing and we're not gonna like i said we're not gonna be perfect at it christ is perfect at it because he's christ but we can willingly try to ease other people's burdens and calm their fears um and then he says this which i really really enjoy <laughs> because yes the covenant path is not a simple checklist it is a process of spiritual growth and deepening commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. The central purpose of every commandment, principle, covenant, and ordinance is to build faith and trust in Christ. Our determination to center our lives on Christ, therefore, must be consistent, not conditional, situational, or superficial. We cannot afford to take vacation days or personal time off from our willingness to stand as witnesses of God at all times and in all things and in all places. Discipleship is not cheap because the companionship of the Holy Ghost is priceless. Um, and I just, I, I appreciate him talking about that. And I was going to talk about with, um, oh, I looked up this talk earlier because um, maybe it's one that we haven't done yet. It's one they haven't done yet. So it's Elder Gong's talk from the Saturday Sunday morning session. It's called Happy and Forever. And he talks about ordinances and covenants. He talks about the fact that the ordinances themselves don't do the changing. It's us that do the changing. It's God that does the changing. And the ordinances aren't the one changing us. The ordinances give us um, more connection to Christ and to God and help us in our relationship with them and that's what he says here that every commandment principle covenant ordinance is to build faith in Christ and trust in Christ all of those are meant to bring us closer to him that it's not a checklist it's not like oh I got my endowment done I'm done then but that it's a tool um as we continue on the covenant path we continue through life toward Christ toward our eternal destiny um that 
it's a tool that helps us get there. It's not a checklist. Um, and that's, I feel that sometimes how we experience um, and how we talk about the covenant path um, and even like the, the, the doctrine of Christ and the gospel of Christ, we talk about it as a checklist. Um, two stories. So <clears throat> in our stake, uh, there's been a really big emphasis on the doctrine of Christ. And we had a state conference and the adult session and in the Sunday morning session, actually, the general session. The, uh, what's the name, the general authority that came um, talked about the doctrine of Christ and how we often think of it as a list, as a checklist. She's like, oh, okay, I have faith, check. I repented, check. I got baptized, check. I got the gift of the Holy Ghost, check. All I have left is to endure to the end. And um, I have I have this plan to talk about in a different episode, but it came up, so I'll talk about it now. But he talked about it in a way that I was taught to teach it as a missionary that it's not a list, it's a cycle. Um, that as we have faith, we want to repent. And as we repent, we want to be baptized. And when we get baptized, we get the gift of the Holy Ghost. And with the gift of the Holy Ghost, the Spirit increases our faith. It testifies of truth. And so it increases our faith. And our faith increases, we want to repent more. And we partake of the sacrament to renew our baptismal covenants and we make more covenants in the temple and through those covenants through the ordinance of the sacrament we get even more abundance of spirit in our lives <clears throat> and so it's not a checklist it's not something that we just have and we move on it's a process what do you call it a, um, a process of spiritual growth the lifelong commitment is a lifelong journey and that's all of that, doing that over and over again and growing each time around the cycle is enduring to the end. That's what that is. And I had a uh, bishop also talked about what he called milestone culture, which I really enjoyed. Um, that we have these milestones, we have these kind of checkmark places as a church that when somebody doesn't hit that, it like messes with the system. I talked about baptism, obviously that one makes sense, right? But then like, you have to get the priesthood when you're 12, you have to go to the temple when you're 12. I guess it's like 11 now, but anyway. Um, you definitely go, you get your first hump recommend when you're 12. And then for, well, they don't have personal progress anymore, but it used to be, you know, personal progress. You got your personal progress by 18. Or you got your Eagle Scout when you're 18. And then you immediately went on a mission. And when you got home, you got married. And then you got, when you get married, you have kids. <clears throat> and like all and all, like these milestones, especially between ages like eight and 30, <laughs> have these things where if your kids or people in your ward aren't hitting those milestones, you look at them funny, right? You're like, mm, but why aren't they baptized yet? They're 10. Or why haven't they gone to the temple yet? They're 14. Or why hasn't he gotten his Eagle Scout, which also, again, isn't a thing because we don't do Scouts anymore. Um, oh, he's 21, how why hasn't he gone on a mission yet? Or, oh, he's been home for five years, why isn't he married? Oh, they've been together, they've been married for six years, why don't they have a kid? 
Um, and, and then you get those questions and when people are like, oh, well, why aren't you doing it yet? You feel like you're doing something wrong. Even if like my husband and I have been married just over a year, we don't have kids. We don't have, we don't have plans to have kids for a while. Um, and I'm very comfortable in that. You know, I talk about it regularly, <laughs> like regularly. We're like, oh, nope, not, still not ready yet. Um, and I haven't been asked, we haven't been asked as much as I thought we were going to be, but still every time somebody's like, oh, I don't have, what, are you have kids? Or are you pregnant? Are you planning to have kids? And I'm like, no. And I, I don't want to have to explain myself every time, like, we're not ready we know we're not ready. <laughs> We've had this conversation with each other, with Heavenly Father. Um, but we do have these milestones, we have these check boxes, this list that we feel like we need to check. And the same thing that we had as, as missionaries, like we talked about that, like conversion is not a checklist. Um, and I had a lot of missionaries that I served with who kind of treated it that way. Like, oh, well, we taught the first lesson, check. We taught the second lesson, check. We got the third lesson, check. Now we can invite them to be baptized. And I'm like, they're not ready yet. There is something, there's somebody that my, my companion and I were teaching and we sat down with our STLs for lunch one day, our sister training leaders. And we were gushing about her because she was so cool. And we were like, she asks all these questions and she's super into it. And she just loves the gospel. And like, she's friends with this member and yada, yada. And they're like, well, why haven't you asked her to be baptized yet? And we were looked at each other and we we're like, well, she's not ready yet. And they're like, well, but you just said all these things. And we're like, well, yeah, we're really excited about it. But like, she's not ready yet. And they're like, well, you should, you should definitely make a goal to invite her to be baptized. And we were like, that's not your call it's not our call actually it's like it's the spirit's call and we we have not felt like it's our time it's her it's time to ask her yet um that it's not it's a process and it's 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 hard to think of it that way because then we don't have a list we don't have something to look at and be like oh check i really love lists i make a to-do list every day and i love crossing things off and being like wow look what i did today i did all of these things um and so i really hate sometimes that i'm like well i have faith in christ check and then two years later i'm like wow i really did not have faith in christ then i did but two years later i have so i didn't understand how much more faith in Christ I could have, how much more knowledge of the atonement I could have. Um, and so even our patriarchal blessings, <laughs> like I read my patriarchal blessing and I was like, cool. And I have literally sometimes gone through and like, check that blessing came true. And then a couple years later, I'll be like, well, that blessing came true again and again and again <laughs> and again. And you know, there are some things in life that it talks about, like, I will marry somebody in the temple. And it has, like, it talks about my future husband. I'm like, okay, well, I got married. But also, there are continual blessings that come with that that are going over and over and over and over and over again. And so sometimes it gets really frustrating for me who likes to have lists. And I'm sure for people who like to have lists, who are organized and want to see how things are progressing. Sometimes you don't see how you're progressing until you look back and you're like, oh, wow, I did so much. Um, but it's not a checklist, it's a process. So anyway, I just leave about that. And then 
A little later on, he quotes President Nelson, the very, very famous quote that I swear has been quoted a bajillion times in conference since he gave this talk four years ago, four and a half years ago, almost almost five years ago. Um, it was his first, well, I don't know if it was his first talk as prophet, but it was his first conference as prophet, April of 2018, Revelation for the Church, Revelation for Our Lives. And as that quote, in coming days, it will not be possible to survive spiritually without the guiding, directing, directing, comforting, and constant influence of the Holy Ghost. And I swear that has been quoted at least once in every conference since then. Um, and so he goes on to say, it's a, it's a clear and unmistakable warning to trim our lamps and increase our spiritual oil reserves. Um, he's been encouraging us to do that for five years, right? He's been encouraging us to hear him and to learn about personal revelation and increase our faith in Christ and our relationship with him. And so that's my second question for you is, how are you filling your spiritual lamp? Um, not how can you do it more, what are you already doing? Um, and I've talked about this a little bit before, but I think it's really important to see where you are and what you're already doing. Um, it's a boost. And then you can be like, oh, well, that's easy. I can read more scriptures or... Well, I, I'm not really praying as much as I should be, so I can remember, I can pray more. Rather than like, oh, I'm adding more things to my to-do list, seeing what you're already doing and filling in the gaps or being like, wow, I'm actually doing a really good job at this can be really um, powerful. So what are you doing? How are you filling your spiritual limp? Um, that's kind of all I was gonna share from his it's a very straightforward talk, so it's pretty, a pretty short episode. Um, but, of course, read more. <laughs> like, um, he has a lot more scriptures, he has a lot more stories. Um, these are just little things that I picked out as kind of a summary of his talk. So, I'll recap my questions. My two questions are... Um, I lost it. What does being willing mean to you and then how are you filling your spiritual limp um so those are two questions that i came up with um further study i have he has a, a three talks that he either footnotes or quotes directly the great commandment love the lord by ezra taft benson from april of 1988 general conference that's an older one Oh, this one's even older. Agency and Control by Boyke Packer from April 1983, General Conference. And then Revelation for the Church, Revelation for Our Lives by President Nelson, um, which is the one I just quoted. He quoted at the very end. So those, those are the ones he either directly quotes or footnotes in his talk. So, and of course, come up with your own questions. Make your own study guide for this talk, for, for any of these talks. And if there's anything you want to share or things that you think of or whatever, feel free to tell me. I would love to like read your comments or emails or whatever it may be. Um, I enjoy reading those and getting those that feedback. It, it makes me happy. So anyway, um, I think that's all I've got for you today. So I will talk to you later. Thank you so much for listening to and or watching this episode of General Conference Conversations. Be sure to like and follow and share us on Facebook.
Facebook and Instagram. And if you like the show, please subscribe or leave a review and tell your friends and family. Also, a quick reminder that there is a physical study guide to go along with these videos. Uh, you can find that link in the description. Until next time.